Welcome to the Lobot Lounge, the gathering place for the gentlemen nerds. The gentlemen nerds are three entertainment aficionados who know each other through various media endeavors, getting together to talk about all things nerdy, mostly in the vein of film, television, toys, and popular culture. Many topics are discussed, so please be warned, there are the potential for many spoilers. If you like what you hear, you can listen to past shows on iTunes or on our website, thegentlemannerds.com. And now, enjoy the show. A beginning is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 10,191. The universe is ruled by the Padishah Emperor Shaddam IV. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice expands consciousness. The spice is vital to space travel. The Spacing Guild and its navigators, who the spice has mutated over 4,000 years, are gathered here at the Lobot Lounge. The spice... You, the, 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 the spice extends life, the spice folds space, the spice allows us to talk about it. Here then gathered uh, the Spacing Guild, Mark Finn. I will kill him! Aaron Diorive. I see the truth of it. Oh, I forgot to tell you. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. A desolate, dry planet with vast deserts. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune. And I am Joseph Fotinos, your host and emotional touchstone for this special Dune-centric version of the Gentleman Nerds. All let's right. let's Dune it. <laughs> <laughs> It's about goddamn time. I am such I got, a huge fan of Dune. Uh, as, I, as as the other gentlemen nerds know, my God, this is way overdue. I gotta send it to you, Joseph. That was uh, <laughs> that was that was an arresting uh, uh, opening. You did a you did you did a fine job. And, and, and frankly, it's all it's all for our just uh, deserts, really. Yes, oh that's my right. God, can we worm our way back into this fucking topic, please? <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. Jesus. Oh. It's going to be this, isn't it? Okay. It's going to be this. I'm afraid. No, yes. no, no more. No more. But you know what? We are free men to do whatever we want. To yes. Do. My Lord. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. Hi, everybody. We've missed you. Have you missed us? <laughs> yes. Yes, we have. Yay. So and I've talking, missed you guys. Man. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've been gathered here. You'll notice the lounge is a little empty, and uh, we're, we're all wearing our masks. It, it's, it's it's as dry as Dune, yes. <laughs> and we are exactly six feet from each other, so it's amazing. That's right. We're doing it all very, very safely, everyone, so don't don't worry about that. Maximi um, Maximilian has been sanitized and wiped down <laughs> hourly. He's yeah. actually... It's actually made him a lot nicer. I noticed the eye isn't nearly as red as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. It was all just gunk, yeah. apparently. Exactly. Who knew? It was. It was just gunk on his on his little uh, uh, mask there all this time. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna get started here in a mentat or two. So let's let's oh, roll into Lord. this. Um, 
Uh, we're talking mostly, ladies and gentlemen, about the upcoming Dune film. Uh, films, from what I understand, it, they've broken it, broken it into two films. Right. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with the property itself, I'm going to let Aaron Diarive do a brief, brief background on Frank Herbert and Dune. Oh, Aaron? gosh. Okay. That, is just, that up to me? Okay. <laughs> well, just, just let you know, when did the book come out? What, what, what the heck was it about? How was it received? And how many books are there? And blah, blah, blah. You know, this is all, these are all excellent questions. So okay. um, what, what little I know uh, about Dune uh, is it is considered the best-selling science fiction novel of all time. Uh, it was basically released in 1965. Mm-hmm. by uh, American uh, sci-fi author Frank Herbert. Uh, but apparently it was originally published as two separate serials in Analog Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Um, it won the Hugo in 1966, uh, and it won the inaugural Nebula for Best Novel uh, as well. And uh, it is, it is, in my opinion... Uh, one of the best science fiction novels uh, ever written. Um, he went on to write many, many more Dune books. Um, I am not of the opinion as some people are, because some there are there are those who claim that Herbert's sanity began to fray as he was uh, uh, as he went along uh, later in his life, and he was writing the other books. The other books being uh, Dune Messiah, uh, Children of Dune, God Emperor of Dune. Heretics of Dune, and Chapter House of Dune. We will not talk about uh, the prequels that have been written by his son uh, and other authors. Um, I, I don't. I really don't think those are pertinent to this conversation. But he essentially wrote six Dune novels, and the first trilogy is probably the most famous, which is Dune, Dune Messiah, and Children of Dune. Um, it, uh, it, it, is, it is social science fiction. It is not... It does not center on technology. It does not center on 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 gadgets or or anything like that. It is it is strictly about um, uh, the future of humanity and what's going to happen to us as far as philosophy, religion, um, d- dealing with heady topics like 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 messiahs and the following of a messiah and the danger that comes with that and how it can affect uh, the entire world, and in this case, the entire universe. Um, uh-huh. it, is, it is a very worthy read, and I think everyone should at least read the first one, which totally. is actually, it's, it's, it's a fantastic novel. It is a fantastic novel. Um, and they made it into, of course, they adapted it into a movie uh, for the first time uh, it, by David Lynch, uh, who, who turned it into a film in, uh, what was that, 1985? Five. Five? Five? Uh, okay, um, and uh, and you know it. it it's, oh, sorry, it's, 84, 84, 84. There you go. That's right. And Freshman it's a good movie. I, I I mean you know again there, there's there there are there's there 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 are two camps in uh, in in in, uh, in in this with the Dune movie is concerned. There are those there are those who hate it, and then there are those who love it. Um, and and very few people that I have met are like, eh, it's okay. Uh, I'm sure they're out there, but the 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 opinions tend to be really, you know, really a, a split this way. I am one of the ones that unreservedly love it, uh, warts and all. It is not a perfect film uh, by any means. Um, but wow, the casting, you know, we were just talking about this before we started recording. 
um, where, you know, if there's one thing that David Lynch got right, it's the casting of this movie. It's mm -hmm. fantastic from, mm -hmm. from top mm -hmm. to bottom. Yeah. Uh, and I'll go into a little bit because it's going to be a rant uh, into the portrayal of um, of Baron Harkonnen, who um, I believe is one of the most important characters uh, in in the entire uh, first trilogy, as he is the major villain. He really is. He not only the major villain of the fucking first, uh, excuse me, of the first uh, uh, novel, uh, he's also the villain via him having possessed. Um, uh, Paul's sister, Alia, in the second and the third novel as well. So you know, he's yes. like, he's pulling Palpatine on us? Uh, yes, yes. Before long, he, long, was, he was Palpatine before long Palpatine before, was Palpatine. Right, long before Palpatine <laughs> was Palpatine, um, he, uh, he had possessed, basically, the, the Alia. And so, and it is through it is his interactions with Alia in the future, in the other novels, that are fascinating. It, it's it's like she's a schizophrenic, and so she's talking to herself, but she's essentially talking to the part of her consciousness that is the Baron, who has planted himself insidiously, like a parasite, in her mind, and he's driving her insane. Um, so, well, and, and that's not uh, that's not uh, that's not such a, a far reach because. Uh, you can you can find the DNA certainly of the first Dune story in uh, Lucas's Star Wars in seventy seven. I mean, absolutely. you absolutely. know, so so it's absolutely one of those kind of influential uh, 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 stories. It, yes. it, it it goes yeah. across a lot of it, and uh, yeah. So sorry, I just wanted to in, in, include. No, no, that and, and and that's a that's a very good point, Mark, and it's true. Uh, uh, you know, there there those who have accused. Oh, come on, you know, tattooing obviously Arrakis, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, the Force is clearly the weirding way uh, used in the Dune novels, and so. But there is there is a lot to connect the two, um, and that's fine. I, I actually. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that Lucas, you know, how does the saying go? You've got to steal, steal from the best. Sure. Right. <laughs> um, so, no, absolutely. You know, I'm glad Lucas went, hmm, I need some really great ideas for my new universe. Hey, dude was really kick-ass. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, go ahead. So as an emotional touchstone, I feel it necessary to, 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 to sort of, if you don't mind, encompass the idea behind the story of Dune for those who may not have any idea what we're talking about. Okay. Um, you know, and it's true. There, there might be people that are going, I've never heard, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Just in broad terms, and please jump in and correct me if I miss anything that you feel is terribly important, but my opening was kind of trying to tie it all up. There was this spice on this planet that's mined. It's very, very valuable, and there are different houses of the um, of the universe that are trying to fight for control on mining it and, and, and getting it out to the universe because he who controls the spice controls the universe, yep. blah, blah, blah. Um, it's, it's, it, it mutates uh, people if they use it too much. It's almost like a... Uh, it, at least in the movie, it looked like a Kit Kat bar. But I mean, you know, they 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 put it in the form. <laughs> they put it in the form, and they could they could chew on it or something like that. It turns your eyes bright blue. Um, yeah. it, it stains the lips in the juice of Safu because that's the spice too, isn't it? That the Mintats drink. Um, uh, you know what? That's a good question. I actually don't know that. I, it, okay. it might be. It, it very well could be. Mm -hmm. um, but, but anyway, just keeping it very broad, it's a it's a battle over control of shipping. <laughs> Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah, because the the uh, the 
they fold space with it. They, they, that's the right. secret of how the spice works. Right. Uh, and, and so the, the, the guild navigators uh, use the spice uh, to sort of uh, tap into uh, this, uh, this other dimension that lets them do this. They're essentially uh, living computers in this regard. And the Bene Gesserits use it uh, to develop their uh, witchy powers, you know. Mm, mm. So it's it's a it's a whole thing, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it. The spice is the life, you know. Right. And, uh, and the houses of the of the of the the, the, the universe that we're going to talk about, I think, the, la- the Landra, the Landra, the Landra yeah. of the House of Trades, the House, the House Harkonnen, um, and of course the the Emperor, uh, the House Carino. Is that right? The Shaddam, Emperor Shaddam um, the Fourth. Um, are there any other houses that play part of this? Uh, n- not, not a major part. I mean, there are many other houses oh. of Lanzarote, but no, no. Uh, uh, cr- critical to Dune, the story itself. It's just House Atreides, House Harkonnen, and House okay. Kareem. Okay, okay. And House Harkonnen and House Atreides, they don't like each other. They, they, they've been feuding for a while. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Yes. As, as, as the story opens, as I remember, oh, if I may, may do a sidebar briefly, you talked about the movie coming out in, in 1984. I used to work at a movie theater back in 84, and um, Dune came out, and uh, I used to work the box office there when it was running. And week one comes, Dune opens. I did okay, but then slowly but surely, it started to, uh, to, to trickle out, even in the first week. The um, Dino De Laurentiis film production company that uh, released Dune very quickly re- produced and sent out to all the theaters a glossary, a two-page front and yep. back glossary to explain some of the things we've been mentioning on this podcast, the Landsrith right. and, and, and Arrakis and Melange and the Mentats and the Bene Gesserit Sisterhood. Like, what the hell are we talking about, right? So I remember giving people <laughs> – seriously, I remember punching out tickets – to, to Dune, here you go. Here's your tickets, and here's your glossary. And people were like, "What is this? Is there going to be a test later?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a program because you really, you know, there was so much in it, and and Lynch had to keep it to a reasonable time frame. Uh, that even that little narration at the beginning, you know, uh, they tried a couple of other things, and uh, that's where you get some of these uh, director's cuts and uh, longer cuts. But yeah, that glossary. Uh, was was a shorthand. It was great, <laughs> but 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 unfortunately, nobody realizes that in a darkened theater, you can't read the glossary. Right, so <laughs> you have to hurry up and read it before the lights go down, and then remember it. You go, oh, what was that again? I remember people like hitting their lighters in the theater, going, wait, wait, wait what was that again? Oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Yeah. It is. You know, trying to read it in the dark theater uh, as as Sting is screaming that I will kill you. Okay, <laughs> so. What the, what the hell's a Comquat Hagen dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew I knew folks when they handed out those glossaries, I thought, oh God, they're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And it wasn't it wasn't until like week two that we got them. God, I remember because you know, we were like, oh, this, and they just sent us something to hand out in the theaters. What the hell is this? Oh. <laughs> I wish I still had mine. I mean, uh, it was it was a front and back Dune glossary. At any rate, um the the film I don't want to say it was it was boring because it had battles. It had giant worms on Arrakis that would come out. It had a, a floating fat evil baron literally floating on a suspensor belt. It had human computers and the the Sidokaw warriors, these dreaded 
hostile pipe welding looking dudes that were running around with their glowing lights in their helmets, which always used to make me wonder, how could they see if the light was on inside their helmet? But at any rate, um, these guys which, are like and, a- and by the way, by the way, just to, to, to jump back a little bit and talk about the development yeah. of Dune as a movie, yeah. um, this is something that I, I think a lot of people, also people don't know, is that it, they started trying to make this into a movie in 1971. It had a lengthy development process, and at, at one point, Alejandro Jodorowsky was attached to it, Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there is a an amazing documentary uh, out there, folks. You also need to watch is Alejandro Jodorowsky. It's called Jodorowsky's Dune, mm-hmm. and it's so worth so worth a, a look. If you want to talk about a completely insane director wow. who had an insane vision for this movie, that's that's Jodorowsky. Uh, but Ridley Scott, yeah. yeah, Ridley Scott was also attached to this. Um, and it wasn't until 1981 that the uh, producer, Dino Laurentiis, hired David Lynch. Um, so at some point, I mean, in that clip that, that I sent you, uh, Mark, earlier, where Ridley Scott is talking about Blade Runner, he, he talks about Dune, that, that he, he, had, he had been briefly attached to Dune, and, and they wanted to see if he would do it, and wanted to know his ideas, and he just felt that after Alien, he wasn't he just didn't want to do another science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. Um so he decided to uh, to pass, but uh, and and so so yeah, Lynch Lynch came in and and uh, again, I am inordinately fond of David Lynch's Dune. Sure. Um, I think it is I think it is an accomplishment, um, and 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 the casting is superb. The casting is superb for all the various uh, roles, um, and uh, uh, but but like you said, yeah, there's action now. Now, mind you, they, they take something as sprawling as the Dune novel, the first one, which is a big story, and they try to compress it and tell it in one movie. Um, and whereas that might not be as ambitious as what they wanted to do originally with Lord of the Rings, right? Or Lord of the Rings has to be one movie. No, there's no way Lord of the Rings can be one movie. Um, not not that much different as Dune. There's no way you could really do Dune justice by making it one movie. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but anyway I'm sorry but you were talking about the 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 well, the, the, the battles and the Sardaukar yeah, and yeah yeah but I um I think that the audience is sort of uh, catching on to to at least what we're trying to 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 get across here. I'm going to quote and, and I'm looking online on a couple of things here cuz I'm not the Dune expert that would be Mr. Diarive but I do want to quote Roger Ebert who gave it one out of four stars and wrote, oh, Jesus. this movie is a real mess, an incomprehensible, ugly, unstructured, pointless excursion into the murkier realms of one of the most confusing screenplays of all time. <laughs> this movie's plot, the movie's plot will no doubt mean more to people who've read Herbert than to mm-hmm. those who are walking in cold. He, na- he later called it the worst movie of the year of that year. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's 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 some pretty, pretty harsh criticisms. Um, and this was, you know, like you said, 84. So it came and went with music mm-hmm. by like Toto and Sting mm-hmm. and his underwear and Paul <laughs> Smith as the Beast of Bomb. I mean, I just I, they had an action figure line, too. Let's go into toys real quick. Briefly, yeah. they did. They made Dune action figures and they were, I want to say, six inches hard plastic with metal riveted joints. Um, I used to, to to covet the Baron Harkonnen figure because it was him in his in his suspensor belt without the robe. It was just kind of that undersuit he was wearing. And the sculpting, I thought, on the toy was pretty decent. Paint job is crap. But I thought if I could get a hold of that sucker, I could redo the paint job, 
fashion a little robe out of actual soft material for him and yeah. have him floating in the air. Wouldn't that be a great little thing to display? Never did, though. Um, but they made, uh, they, I think they made Paul, they made the Baron, they made... Um, now, of course, the, the, the piece de resistance was they made the sandworm. The sandworm, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember there was a Dune coloring book that they made. Mm-hmm. And um, recently, since my wife is such a Dunophile, I actually found that coloring book online, printed out all the pages and gave them to her. And we, we color Dune pictures from time to time because, well, why not? Um, <laughs> David Lynch, just to say that that wild director, uh, you know, David Lynch, who, who apparently to this day refuses to really discuss Dune uh, in, in interviews. Uh, he had some very, very unusual, uh, uh, he still, he's just, he always was a very unusual director, unusual uh, style, and his stable of actors that he likes to use. Uh, you know, if you've watched Blue Velvet, you've seen the majority of them. They're all in Dune, by the way. Right. <laughs> but uh, to, to, to have David Lynch go, yeah, I don't want to talk about that, that's pretty harsh, you know? Yeah. Well, there, that's because there was, uh, there was a lot of uh, cuts that were made. Yeah. Uh, which is why there's a, a, a version of the movie that's directed by Alan Smithy. That's yeah. the TV version, right? The two-part TV version. Yes. They, they, they cut it in half, and Lynch was so upset, he took, he wanted his name taken off of it. So, yeah. Because they it's, literally would they had to do like a recap. Like when you, you tune in the night the next night, it'd be like, previously on Dune. And they would show you, you know, what came before and try to explain shit. Because what the hell is going on? Right. It's 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 a lot to take in, and probably for 1984, yeah. you know, uh, when we're coming off of uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah, I, I'm not so sure that this was the right time to to do it. I do think that Lynch did the best he could, but Lynch is going to do Lynch in the same way that Kubrick is going to do Kubrick, yep. which is why people uh, like you know we separate Dune the same way we separate The Shining, right? You know, there's the book. Which everybody goes, well, oh, that's a masterpiece. And then there's the movie, which is a different masterpiece differently. Mm-hmm. And then there's the TV movie, which uh, sucks and everybody tries to disown. And that's exactly the same with Dune. So right. there you go. Right. Right. So <laughs> yeah. let's, let's go back with our future, because now we have a new Dune coming out. Um, we, what, what prompted this discussion here in the lounge, ladies and gentlemen, was that um, Vanity Fair, was that right? released mm-hmm. still images of the cast in their costumes and on set, uh, which which generated a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, look at those great looking costumes and the actors that they hired are fantastic and blah, blah, blah. So we decided to go ahead and t- do this Dune show. So we want to talk about not necessarily David Lynch's Dune, although we touched on it, but the future and this new movie and what we want to see. Aaron, take it away. <laughs> well, uh, I, I am a fan of uh, Denis Villeneuve. Um, I, I, the first movie of his that I saw was Sicario and it blew me away. I, I, I just could not believe that they took a movie about, you know, some drug running and, and, and government trying to bust drug dealers uh, crossing the border and turned it into this beautiful existential dread noirish kind of a, of a, of a movie that I, I, you walk out of that going, my God, what did I just see? Um, it, 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 it showed and it established, I think very firmly, the kind of filmmaker that Villeneuve was, uh, is. Um, the second of his films that I, I saw and felt similarly was Arrival, 
the science fiction novel based on, uh, uh, I mean, the science fiction movie based on a novel of the same name. And, uh, and again, it, it, it was, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The, 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 the themes that he explores, the characters, how he digs into them, how they relate to the, to the themes of the story is just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then I, 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 I hesitate to, to mention this third one because uh, my fellow gentleman nerd has such strong feelings on it, but I think it, it needs to be aired. Um, then, of course, Villeneuve did the new Blade Runner, uh, the Blade Runner sequel. Um, and again, I, I thought that movie was full of atmosphere. Um, I thought there were some things that were quite wonderful in it. Um, I didn't love it. I did not love it. Um, whereas I did Arrival and Sicario. Um, but Mark, tell us a little bit about your reservations with the, the Blade Runner sequel. Well, just to put this into uh, an egg that I do not want to hatch uh, for fear of uh, uh, getting omelet all over everybody. Um, <laughs> my problem with uh, why I objected so strongly to Blade Runner uh, 2049 is because I uh, I hated the underlying premise. Uh, of the movie and uh, did not feel that that was a valid premise for the movie. And as a result, it makes it really hard to engage in the willing suspension of disbelief when you're screaming uh, how much you don't want to have your disbelief suspended. <laughs> so uh, that, it made it really difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I wanted to like it uh, when I saw the trailers, my first thought was, well, he got the Ridley Scott part, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought, well, at least if nothing else, this will be fun to watch. And uh, I I absolutely emphatically hated it uh, with the fire of a thousand suns. But uh, I did like uh, Enemy and I did like Sicario and I did like Arrival. Uh, Unfortunately, Blade Runner canceled all that out. So now we're back to zero. This might as well be a new director that they found in the Philippines somewhere uh, for all I care. I just want this Dune movie to be good. Uh, I'm not holding my breath. And I'm not using Blade Runner as a jumping off point for, well, look what he did with Blade Runner. Because if that's the case, uh, I will take a spear gun to my face. <laughs> wow. wow. That's strong. That's strong. So, strong, strong language. Okay. That's my egg. And, and we'll just leave it over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, and, and again, certainly if you have that reaction to Blade Runner uh, 2049, uh, then yeah, yeah, I, I, can, I can certainly understand if you would have serious reservations about um, that same director tackling <laughs> something as already, we've already established how difficult uh, a, a, a novel like this is to adapt. It is, um, a, it is a tightrope, but I will offer... Uh, an olive branch in the spirit of camaraderie, goodwill, and gentlemanliness. Um, uh, Arrival was adapted from a science fiction story by Ted Chiang. Uh, And so uh, that movie was good. It was well done. It, uh, it, uh, it checked all the boxes off and uh, he has demonstrated that he's a fan of science fiction. So with that in mind, knowing that he'll be pulling from the novel, which is adaptation material, um, the odds are pretty good that if this thing is a failure, it will at least be a failure for different reasons and not the same reasons. You know what I'm saying? Right. He, 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 he may, he may not, uh, he may correct all of the, 
the errors of the previous uh, incarnations in favor of making new ones, but it will not be a retread. Uh, I think the costuming has shown that, and I think that the uh, the the what little we've seen and been able to glean from these uh, out of focus background shots, uh, he is at least going to try to do. He's going to try to hit them where they ain't. Try to do the thing that hasn't been done before. He mm. certainly has a roadmap for that, and so I, you know, I wish him well. Uh, we'll have it here at the theater. I know we will. Uh, right. I just I pray that I will not have to uh, recuse myself from letting people out of the movie uh, for fear of screaming. So, you know, <laughs> the, the struggle is real, folks. Yeah, uh, no, and, and, and I, I would agree with all of that. I, I, think, I think that he knows. I mean, Villeneuve is a very smart man. He knows that his movie is going to be invariably compared to Lynch's effort. Um, I think no one, five people saw the sci-fi version, so nobody will talk about that. Um, but, 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 I mean, how could it not, right? How could it not be compared to Lynch's version? Mm-hmm. So, so I think, I think you are, I think you're spot on um, there, uh, Mark. I think he's going to try to approach it from a different perspective, from a different direction. Um, I, I, I said something on Facebook about the various incarnations of, of Dune, the, the, the three that I, you know, the, the two that exist and the one that we're getting. And I think Lynch's, Lynch's was a Baroque opera. I mean, it was it was just luscious and and beautiful to look at, and dazzling yeah. and dense and yeah. and right. It was you know you you're just kind of looking at your at your watch, waiting for the fat lady to sing. Um, and that's or in fine. this case, the fat Baron. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. You know, a, a, a Baroque opera works for that. Uh, the sci-fi version was a pulpy comic book. Uh, version of it um, with, you know, printed on the bad paper with the bad drawings and, and the cheesy dialogue and the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And although, although I think I also like the, for the most part, I like the cast in the sci-fi version, um, you know, their, their budget was limited. Uh, their costumes show that their sets show that the, you know, all, everything about it shows that it is a made for TV, uh, uh, version of dune but there's some things that i think they got right that that lynch's movie did not they they Uh, managed to they managed to include some uh some scenes that that lynch did not film uh and left out for time's sake uh but in doing so they managed to do it in the most boring way uh (laughs) that you could film something i mean it's just shy of of industrial uh, safety training films that show you what happens if you get the chemicals in your eyes and how to wash them at the eye wash station. <laughs> uh, wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't, I, I, it wasn't quite that boring to me, but uh, I could tell it was, I mean, I can see the effort. I can see the effort that went into it and I, I can see people trying very hard. Uh, and if anything, by the way, uh, I, I don't think it's doom the first novel that they got, uh, right, that they did best. But I actually think it was the subsequent two novels, Wrapping Up Dune Messiah and Children of Dune, that I think they got really, really right. Mm. Um, that is that is the story, I think, where that's where the meat is. You know, Alia yeah. going insane, being possessed by the Baron, and, and pitting herself against Paul's children and trying to kill them. 
while one of them, Leto II, becomes essentially a superpowered uh, uh, entity right. that eventually turns into a worm, that's the story you want to tell right what? there. Oh, oh yeah, it's it, it gets oh, it yeah. gets gonzo. I mean, you it's know, th crazy. This, this is this was the first one was written in '65. There was a lot of marijuana, a lot of uh, <laughs> a, a lot of LDS in the '60s. You know, yeah, as we yeah, as yeah. we know. So right, right. Uh, it makes perfect I sense. <laughs> I, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but how the hell does the Baron possess um, Anya? I Aya, what's her name? Aya. I, I, Aya. I can explain. I, it's, it's, if you, if you could yeah. be briefly, absolutely, very easy. Um, Benny Jesuit have the ability to have the consciousness, the memories, the thoughts of every previous Bene Gesserit that went before them. Okay. It's just, it's a psychic thing. They can tap into them. You mainly, they use it as, as counsel, as advice. Uh, they use it to help them sort of navigate situations, predict the future, et cetera, et cetera. But they have access to that. Uh, and especially if there is a genetic link, and there is, I'm about to explain that as well. Baron Harkonnen is Alia's grandfather. Uh, ah. he is Jessica's father. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. Unknown that's right. to him. I do not know. I don't think he realizes that in, in Dune. Now, once he's dead and, and in the consciousness world, he does realize that. And he realizes connection to Alia mm -hmm. and he latches on. He's like a, like an angry ghost, if you will, an angry, vengeful ghost that comes back and latches onto that part of her consciousness that is linked to him genetically, and he starts to subvert her personality with his own. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, Thank and you. it's cool. It's actually uh, that works. works. Yeah, yeah it's a very cool thing. Yeah. And he is a, a wonderfully terrifying uh, villain. Which, by the way, here's here's a good point for me to launch into. Yes, I was just about brief. to take us there because very yeah, brief, I a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So originally. Uh, when Jodorowsky was casting this movie, his idea, and it's brilliant, was to cast Orson Welles as Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> I know, that would have been so great! Now, folks, <laughs> if I can tell you that there has been, if there's ever has been a perfect casting choice in the universe, in the history of humanity, it is Orson Welles as goddamn Baron Harkonnen. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it would have been sheer genius. Oh, God. Uh, and and and, and I'll, I'll explain in a minute. Uh, in in David Lynch's movie, and again, it has nothing to do with Kenneth McMillan, who I love. Kenneth McMillan is a fine, fine actor. Um, he was Baron Harkonnen in Lynch's version, and and my my objection to it, my anger over it, is not. Kenneth McMillan is an actor saying, here's this character that I'm portraying. Here's how I'm doing it. Great. That's fantastic. What an interesting uh, uh, interpretation. But it's wrong. It's dead, dead wrong. Um, it is not at all like Baron Harkonnen is in the novel. He's not even remotely like he's portrayed by Kenneth McMillan. Um, and for me, as a fan of Dune, as somebody who's read the novel multiple times, I read it probably every year, um, it would be like if somebody said, hey, we've cast Batman. Oh, really? Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, look, it's Wallace Shawn. Mm. And you go, what? W Wallace Shawn is Batman? Yeah, look, look, check him out. I'm Batman. That's me. That's Batman. You'd be like, <laughs> what the fuck? Inconceivable. Well, right. <laughs> the Joker got away? Inconceivable. What the fuck? Why? How could you cast Wallace Shawn 
That's fucking Batman. Did you read the fucking comics? So it's that. It's that reaction, folks. It's it's me saying, oh, my God, Baron Harkonnen, it's awesome. Let's see how he's portrayed. And there's Kenneth McMillan. And I'm like, oh, my God. Who the hell is this Daffy Duck Looney Tunes character? Right. So I have, to, I have to tell you, I watched, I saw the movie in high school before I read the book, right? Uh, I had not, uh, I had not read Dune before I saw the movie. So I saw the movie and I was able to sort of contextually follow it. You know what I mean? Like I, right. there was enough, I, I'd, I'd, I'd read enough and seen enough other things that I could sort of like piece together uh, more or less what I've done. Then I read the novel and then came back to it. Um, and, and in reading the novel, I had forgotten about how over the top his, that portrayal is. And so when I hit it in the movie, I was just like, Oh, now I know why everybody 15 years older than me was flipping out like ninjas. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Now, now this makes sense. You know, (laughs) if, if you come to the movie without, without any prior knowledge, it's a cool, like he's, he's, he's colorful and larger than life. And, you know, he's, he's hanging around on this, on this crazy arm, you know, that's suspending. And it's just, it's, it's just nutty, you know, in, in a, in a movie full of nuttiness, he, he's, he's the nuttiest of the nuts, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but he, but he needs, he needed to not be the nuttiest of the nuts. He needed to be. The, the sort of the opposite of that, you know? And so, uh, yeah, yeah. It, he certainly is memorable. And, and my, my personal, I mean, and, and like Aaron, I like the movie. I, I, it's a, you know, for years I would t- call it a secret shame, but I did like the movie. I worked at a theater. I saw it a lot, a lot upon its first release. Like, you know, I'd go in there on my break and watch, you know, the Harkonnen scene where he's crushing bugs and drinking their juice and, 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 and raping other little guys and, and floating in the air and covering himself with oil and screaming and ah, all that stuff. I kind of liked it. I thought, well, this guy's kind of cool. He's crazy. And like Mark, I, uh, I did not read the book until after I saw the movie. No surprise there, brother. Um, but knowing that and, and Aaron, my, my dear friend Aaron, has has educated me and told me, no, no, that was wrong. That's not Baron Harkonnen. Uh, I, and I and I would question him. I would say, but does does he is he still fat? Oh yeah, yeah, he's fat. And he still floats on the suspensor belt, right? Because he's he's just either too big to walk on his own or just lazy, right? I mean, I guess that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Is he covered in sores and 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 like diseases? No. Oh. Oh, well, that's different. Okay. That's, yeah. that's a definite change that Lynch actually probably said, let's make him as vile as possible. So let's give him, you know, hordes of diseases and horrible scarring and, and bulbous pus filled nodules on his face, etc. cetera. Um, and, and make him constantly sweating and, and, and leering. And I said, Oh, Oh, and Aaron, was he like, you know, kind of a lecherous, I will, screw anything that moves kind of a guy yeah yeah kind of like that you know but i will challenge you with this and i found this online so i like this um this is um this is the uh, uh help me pronounce his name villain uh, the new director is uh villeneuve villeneuve thank you uh-huh. okay so villeneuve this is what he said villeneuve says with his approach now to baron harkonnen he is okay. quoted as saying he told vanity fair this he said as much as I as much as I deeply loved the book, I felt that the Baron was flirting very often with caricature. So he's talking about the book. 
And I tried to bring him a bit more dimension. That's why I brought in Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan has something in the eyes. You feel that there's someone thinking, thinking, thinking that has tension and is calculating inside deep in the eyes. I can testify it can be quite frightening. Yes, so, no, no, no. And this is one of the things that excites me about this casting. The 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 gentleman who was ca who was uh, uh, playing um, uh, Piter uh, uh -huh. in, uh, in in the new movie. Um, uh -huh. He was on a talk show, uh, and he was talking about um, uh, the 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 casting, the various choices, and such. Yeah. And and one of the things that he said, they asked him, like, well, what about? Because of course, as as Piter, he works. He's working very closely with with Baron, Baron yeah. Harkonnen, with 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 Skarsgård. Mm -hmm. And he says, what do you what do you think? You know, I, 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 what are we going to get? And and he said, it's chilling. Yeah. It is it is absolutely terrifying you you haven't seen anything like that right um and 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 i i, I listened to that david david das malchen is the, yes. the gentleman uh, who plays uh -huh. Piter. Uh -huh. and i heard that and i went oh my goodness they yeah. finally they finally could be doing like let me let me just briefly indulge me here yeah, this is this is a, a section from the novel now imagine if you would orson wells uh, playing this role, he's having a conversation with Piter, and Piter says, "Are you already training my replacement? Replace you? Why, Piter? Where could I find another Mentak with your cunning and your venom? The same place you found me, Baron. Perhaps I should at that." The Baron mused. "You do seem a bit unstable lately, and the spice you eat. Are my pleasures too expensive, Baron? Do you object to them, my dear Piter?" Your pleasures are what tie you to me. How could I object to that? That's the Baron. Yeah, that yeah. is the Baron. And I can yeah. totally see uh, 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 Skarsgård, you know, just just doing a, a bang up job, doing that kind yes. of a character, that yes. reserved. But but physically, though, from what they've said, the prosthetic work that he's wearing, he looks like a mammoth rhino. He's gigantic. So he, he's an extravagant character of Machiavelli Machiavellian means. Um, so I'm I'm very interested to see the first looks at him. You know, because yeah, if he's he's gigantic as as he's huh. supposed to be, but then there's Stellan Skarsgård's eyes in that. You know. Yeah, yeah. He and he's got great cold eyes. You know. Um, I. Uh, I, you know, ever and ever since I found out about the uh, the aborted uh, Jodorowsky Dune, you know, uh, I can't not hear Orson Welles, you know, mm -hmm. as Baron Harkonnen in my head. You know what I mean? Uh, just yeah. so so this idea of him being a sort of a dark Falstaffian character, uh, very very much like um, uh, Orson Welles' um, uh, police chief uh, from Touch of Evil, right? You know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yes. and and that's uh you know I, and again you know there's there's nuances and and stuff like that uh, i did not hear that they had uh, they had uh, built him up to rhinoceroid uh proportions i am um, i just got nervous well uh, it, it says the, this is the quote I, i'm going to read it directly from vanity fair a man uh, described as looking like a rhino in the prosthetic work that he's required to wear the mammoth baron harkonnen is an extravagant character of Machiavellian means. Interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. that's interesting. I, I, 
I, I, I will share some of Mark's uh, uh, worry at this point because it could very easily, it could, oh gosh, it could very easily turn into caricature. Uh-huh. Right. Again, uh, again, differently caricatured. Yeah. 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 And I, and I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know what to think about that. I wonder if they're just using that here. I just, if you look at your screens, gentlemen, I just sent a concept. It's not from, from Villeneuve's Dune, uh-huh. but I just sent a concept of Baron Harkonnen uh, from Deviant Art, which could be this rhinoceros, you know, looking. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, right. So now something like that could too much, too much. Right? Yeah, I think it's too much. Could could it be? Could it be pulled off? Maybe, maybe. But but my hope is that he's not so lost in um, the makeup, folds of latex. That right? That that you don't even that you don't even you don't you're not even sure what you're looking at anymore. Um. So so I I, I do I share Mark's I, when you said that. I went, oh, dear. <laughs> now, I wouldn't – I don't want it to, to sound like – because when I read that, my first thought was he's not going to be like rhinoceros-like in that skin tone, color, armor, nothing like that. They're just like – if you think of a rhino and the way his the, – the skin of a rhino kind of folds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that, maybe that cracked, folded, and – That's maybe kind of what got, they're probably going with. Maybe he's got cankles, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, mean, I hope so. I, I, I yeah. hope that that's what they mean rather than – uh, he is some monstrous figure that you just can't even really, you, you're not even sure he's human anymore. Yeah, no, um, no I don't. All right, you got to you got to send this to me. I, I'm not seeing it. Where'd you put it? Uh, 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 look, go under the conversation. If you go under under conversation in our in our uh, Skype window. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a bit much. It is. It is. And so, but see, oh, from- sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Reaction to that. No. Yes. Yes. You see. So. So I am now cautiously optimistic. <laughs> oh, 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 prune because, Nella. Yeah, because you there are all kinds of concepts for for Baron Harkonnen of what mm-hmm. he can look like. I, the one thing I will say about uh, the 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 Macmillan casting is that at least it was you could still tell it was that actor you know he, he didn't have yeah. so many prosthetics on that he just you could barely just see a little face you know like the uh what, what's brought to mind immediately is that character from blade that they go and see um oh, yeah 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 yeah, it, it, yeah i know what you're the weird about. archive keeper that uh-huh. oh i don't know it's like it's, it's suddenly like if baron harkonnen looks like that I might go, ooh, that's a step too far. I think that's a step too far. Well, he needs um, to be enormous because, again, the whole he, floating fat thing he is kind of cool. Does. Correct, huh? correct. I mean, like, I, I, I look at, at McMillan's character, and I think, you know, if he wanted to, he could still walk around. It yes, would be different, yes. But he could still walk around. Absolutely. But, no, he is literally so fat that he can't walk around without the suspensors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. I mean, again, again, this this gets back to to uh, the earlier conversation. There's so much that can go wrong with this particular interpretation of Dune. So far, I don't think that has happened in the casting. I think the casting is uh, phenomenal. Um, all of the major, most of the major actors have been either nominated or won prestigious acting awards, Oscar, Golden Globes, SAG awards. So Villeneuve has clearly gone for the top acting talent. 
And that's great. That's a great I think, start. I think everybody but Jason Momoa. Uh, but that's okay, because we love him anyways. I right? do. I, I would watch Jason Momoa read the phone book. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. care about that. Exactly. And also, of all the characters that Jason Momoa should be playing, Duncan Duncan Idaho. Idaho. is right. absolutely the perfect character. That yeah, he's spot on. Spot on. But yeah. come on. I mean, and, and for that matter, um, uh, neither has the... the, the a wonderful actor, Batista, that is that is playing the Beast Raban. But if you were going to pick an actor to play the Beast Raban, it's going to be Dave Batista. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's it's fantastic. So hey, in the so, novel, Aaron, were all the Harkonnens was it was the red hair the a Harkonnen thing? Yes, they actually all have red hair. Okay, yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, red, red hair was a, was a genetic trait of the of the Harkonnen line. Okay, uh, which is again, which is the 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 thing that. Um, uh, I, I believe that's brought into it later when one of, I think one of, one of uh, Paul's children has reddish tinged hair, but I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, and of course, as, as uh, for those readers who don't know, the Benny Gesserit sisterhood, uh, who are basically like this behind the scenes, manipulative Catholic nun organization. Uh, they're like female Jesuits that are constantly just manipulating everything behind the scenes. Um, they have been conducting a breeding program that has been gone going on for generations. And their goal is to create the Kwisatz Haderach, which is uh, like a super, a Superman, uh, the, the, the universe's Superman, um, who will be able to have powers like theirs and, and foresight like they've never seen and abilities beyond their, their imagining. Um, and so, so this is their goal. This is what they've been doing by manipulating all of the bloodlines. Now there, from what I remember, their goal to get the Kwisatz Sunarak was to have a female child, a daughter born to Jessica and Duke Leto Atreides. And they were going to marry that daughter to Fade, who was their manipulation through the Harkonnen line. And that union was supposed to have the Kwisatz Haderach. So the, the Kwisatz Haderach has come like a generation too soon. Um, hmm. And of course, much as they feared, he ended up not being under their control. Um, but uh, but that's another little thing where, where this is kind of, I love how Herbert was doing this. He All of these various elements are constantly interacting with each other, manipulating, cutting deals behind in back rooms. These two houses you think are teaming up, but actually this house is also teaming up with this organization. And they're also, I mean, it's so incredibly Machiavellian. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and in the There's most betrayals and lies and, oh, yeah. and, and murders and kidnappings. and A lot, oh, of, court, a lot of court intrigue, yeah. Oh, a lot of court, which scares me because that doesn't necessarily translate into, oh, that was exciting. You know, right. uh, and, 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 and that's why uh, I, 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 I said that, I used that quote with, with Mark. I said, Villeneuve has said, and this is a quote, that he wants us to be Star Wars for adults. And so this is what makes me think that it's not going to be a bunch of people sitting around whispering to each other or you hearing their thoughts. Sure, sure. Uh, it's, it's going to be an action sci-fi, but with a lot of philosophy, with a lot of character work. I um, did just read this. I did swear. I hand, hand to God, just read this. Virginia Madsen, who played the the princess in the original 1984 Dune, was signed. And she said this in an interview in 2016. She was signed for three pictures because they assumed, and her quote was, because they assumed it would be Star Wars for adults. 
And that right. was in 2016 that she said that. Interesting. Well, Villeneuve has it's always has been the goal, said. apparently. That's, yeah. that's my point. It's always been the goal to make this thinking person, science fiction, grand opera, multi-part, you know, for adults. That that's uh, right. uh, you know, not that Star Wars isn't for adults, but Star Wars is a little more popcorny, a little easier to digest. Yes. Good, bad, the guy with the big mask who's breathing funny, he's the bad guy, you know? And right. here you've got betrayals and, and, and characters that you trusted turning their back on other characters and, you know, that sort of thing. I, you, it's, I, I get you've it. still got royal, it's a it's this royal family idea. It's sort of uh, half Shakespearean, half Wagnerian, you know? Yes, yeah. And uh, I think that's probably the part that they're calling as for adults, Mm -hmm. uh, because the the skirmishes and the battles with the fremen and the and the sandworms and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, in 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 a competent director's hands, that's going to be awesome and and cool. Uh, the secret is is you know in order for all that stuff to care, all you know Paul's assassination attempt, uh, you know all of these things, uh, in, in order for those to to matter, we we've got to learn really quick what the score is, and so yeah. 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 I, I suspect what's going to happen, and this is probably going to uh, upset the textual purists out there, is we're going to get, uh, by necessity, uh, a Dune that is front-loaded and, and works off of a bunch of, well, as you know, you know, statements. Mm. Uh, because, because I don't, I can't envision a way to get that up to, I mean, that was Lynch's problem. You know, sure. yeah. where do you, where do you put all this stuff? How much of right. this is, is, you know, how, how much backstory do you give them and, and where and when? Yeah. So that's, that's always been the challenge with this is stuff. That's very easy to disseminate in a book, uh, looks really different, uh, when you put it in a movie. And, yeah. and so, you know, no, I, I would agree. I actually think that he is going to sort of do what, what Jackson did. Uh, with the Lord of the Rings movies yeah. uh, uh, that, you know, some people forget. They Now now when people think Lord of the Rings, let's be honest, they think the movies. They don't think the books. Sure. And so much, so many of the battles in the Lord of the Rings are people telling others about the battle after it's happened. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the whole attack on Isengard, the siege of the Ents on Isengard is Merry and Pippin saying, oh yeah, and then this funny thing happened. You wouldn't believe this. But we yeah. don't see it. We don't. We, we do not actually see the battle right, take place. Right. And so well, I think I think Villeneuve is going to do the same thing. Villeneuve is going to maybe put battles where there weren't. Uh, we see in one of the stills. We see Duke Leto in in armor on some kind of craft, standing next to Gurney. Where where in Dune does Duke Leto take place in a battle to take part in a battle? He does. Frankly, this, is, this is what I thought when I first saw that picture, knowing Lynch is doing and having read the story. I think that that is a picture from when the house Atreides uh, first takes over the mining on Arrakis and they arrive. And I think uh, it's probably ceremonial and they walk out in their armor right. and they realize, well, here we are to take over to mining of the, I, I don't necessarily it, think it's a battle. That, that's it could be, it yeah. could be, but I, I would disagree. I, I don't think if they're doing ceremony, they're going to dress in their finest uniforms. They're not going to dress in armor. Um, it's like a, if you think about it, because the Harkonnens were there, they, they're the ones they, they were in charge of it, and then the emperor pulled them out and then put our, the, the the house of Trades in. Is that am I correct on that? That is correct. Okay, and, but, and later later we found out the whole thing was a big plot. 
uh, you know, to 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 do this right. because you know then they then they did what they did. Um, no spoilers, but I don't know. I I just that was my first thought when I saw that. I thought, sure. oh, this Leto in his in his you know. I'm going to dress up like a soldier. It's like Bush standing on the on the on the aircraft carrier wearing a flight suit. You know, yeah, I mean, or, being or, ceremonial. Or what if the throwaway line by Virginia Madsen in uh-huh. in the the first Dune movie, where she says it was known the Harkonnens would leave several suicide troops behind. You know, blah 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What if we're actually watching that? What if we're yeah, watching right. Duke Leto and Gurney clean out the last Harkonnen? Uh, troops and resistance. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's a great way to show. Look, this man is not just some leader that everyone respects, but we don't know why. Yeah, you know, we see him in battle. We see him giving commands. We see how his soldiers look at him and admire him. And, yeah. and yeah. so again, right. I, yeah, I think I think Villeneuve is going to put action where where before it was just implied yeah. or maybe talked about. Um, I, so I got to tell you. You, I'm more excited now after talking to you about this than I was before. Good. Uh, but uh, but here's the deal. Now I'm going to forget we had this conversation because, <laughs> well, because what because what's going to happen is, and this is a problem when you're friends with Aaron, is after Aaron gives you a theory and then you go watch a movie and it's not in there, you go, well, Aaron's was better. So <laughs> right, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just gonna. I wait. can't tell you how many times I've I've watched something and went, oh man. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it would have been better the way Aaron wanted it. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so sure. we're gonna. So I mean, I love I love the enthusiasm, and I, I hope you're right about all this. Uh, oh, me too. <laughs> I I really do because uh, it would be great to see this done well. You right. know, and uh, and I would like to like him again as a director. Right. Uh, I think well, if these are, two. They're... They're going to do it as two movies. That's the other thing to remember, right. guys. They're doing it as two movies. So he has to have enough material in the first movie to be able to stretch it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, then he can do in, – in the novel itself, there's a, there's a natural break. Yeah, uh, there in, is. In book three called The Prophet. Yeah. Everything that happens before book three, The Prophet, is basically uh, Paul growing up on Kaladin, moving to Arrakis, settling in, getting betrayed – fleeing to the desert, going to the Fremen, getting accepted by the Fremen, and then there's a break. Then we pick up, it's years later, and the Baron is is it, uh, furious that this leader, Moadib, is causing havoc with Spice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and, and you could and you could actually do both movies with that little uh, Lady Galadriel you know, two and a half minute montage, uh, voiceover, uh, to, to, to not only get people caught up on backstory, but get people caught up on the intervening years. Right. Uh, that, I mean, I mean, you know, Jackson did it in, uh, in Lord of the Rings twice Uh and he did it, uh, he did it three times in the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. You know, no, I would, I would have even in in Lynch's version. I remember because they, they Harkonnen leaves Raban on Arrakis to to to, to be in charge of things, right. along with the Sidekar. Um, and and there are Furman attacks led by Muad'Dib that that are d- disrupting spice production, and the Emperor's getting upset and blah blah blah. I'd love to have seen some of those battles. Right. You know? Yeah, that right. would be cool. Yeah, even right. if it's just one to kind of set it up, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. You, you need to see Captain America and the Howling Commandos in action one time. Correct. Yeah, before yeah, you yeah. talk, before you have the Red Skull go, what nuisances they are. Right. So right. you can you can montage that later, but you got to see one full one from beginning to end. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and, and again, in the movie, 
the Lynch movie, which is what most people will think of. The attack happened so quickly. Everyone's killed. Uh, Duke Leto's killed. Paul and Jessica leave. That's not how it happens in the book. In the book, there are these protracted battles with yeah. Gurney leading some armies, uh, Duncan leading other attacks. Yeah. And the whole time, Duncan is desperately trying to find Jessica and Paul while while moving through with troops and slaughtering as many Sardaukar as he can. Right. Right. Uh, we don't see that. We basically see he, he comes into a little corridor. He, he shoots one guy. Then he turns on his shield, tackles three others, and then he's dead. That's yeah, it. Hope, yeah. hope, 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 yeah. hope. So this I will really, be the movie where where uh, Jason Momoa gets his due. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. he, he got think, ho- he got host for Conan, and he got cut. He got the legs cut out from under him in Game of Thrones. I really hope we get to see him be Jason Momoa in this. Yeah, sure. No, I think uh, again, what Aquaman didn't do it for you? Come on. <laughs> I am I am so hopeful, guys, and, and not just because I'm, I'm a fan of Villeneuve, but because I think I know that Villeneuve, I, I, I believe Villeneuve understands what's at stake. He knows the kinds of expectations that we'll be writing on this movie, even, by the way, even more so than Blade Runner. I, I think with Blade Runner, he just looked at the previous movie and said, okay, I, I think I kind of know what to do. With this, he is reinventing a very well-known and beloved franchise. Mm, And so, yes, Mark is right. This can go horribly, horribly wrong, or it can go amazingly right. It all depends on the decisions and the choices that he makes. Um, But for now, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to say, I think he's going to nail this. I think he's going to give us the doom that we have all been waiting for. What about you, Joseph? Will you join us on our tentative bandwagon? I like the bandwagon, and I will join you because I must not fear. Fear is the mantra. (laughs) Well said. Well said. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, The Gentleman Nerds is a Cloak and Dagger production and written by Aaron Diorive, Mark Finn, Ben Gibbs, and Joseph Potinos with additional material provided by the Spacing Guild. Music composed and performed by the amazingly talented Ben Gibbs. Promotional material, logos, and the Gentleman Nerds mascot, created by artistic goddess Michelle Fitzpatrick. The Lobot Lounge bouncer is Maximilian, and our special guest bartender was Piter DeVries. It is my will alone. I said my, my mind in motion. That's why we all got those stained lips now. Look at that. It's like I've been drinking wine the juice of safu is not spice it Ooh. is not related to spice yes okay i i feel much better about this i drinking this then um, <laughs> our sound editor mixer and intentional producer is ben gibbs our executive producer and the man we all pray never gets superpowers is aaron diarive the gentleman nerds attorney is dr gonzo dune is where house atreides led by duke Lido atreides is lured to destruction by house harkonnen and the padishah emperor shadam the fourth sadukar and where Duke Leto's son, Paul Atreides, discovers himself as the Bene Gesserit's Kwisax Haderach. And Mark Farnesh is the man in the gorilla suit. How can this be? For he is the Cuisinart Haderach. <laughs> Web hosting by Bluehost. And I want to give a hearty shout out to Mapes. Join us in the Lobot Lounge when next we open. And please always tip your bartenders and your waitstaff. This is Joseph Potinos reminding you all that yes, Red Skull lives and McClucky!
is, is not the way he looks, but, but it 100% how he acts. Right. And, 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 and you could, you could put Orson Welles with no prosthetics on, uh, give him a, a, a weird lip and, and, and just say, go. And, and, and I guarantee you, he'll be the character that, uh, most people remember for being so chillingly evil. And so, you know, diabolically Machiavellian, you know, uh, I, I honestly, it's one of the things where if that's where, if that's the indulgence, fine, but, uh, uh, it's really going to come down to, to scars guard. And thankfully I like him well enough that, uh, I think he's going to, uh, do a good job. 